It's a comedian. Yeah. He is. <laughs> no, not joking. And we are... Fucking hell, mate. Mate, obviously I've stopped smoking. Yeah. So I've got these elf bars. I've only used to have a few cigarettes like... Yeah, explain to the audience what an elf bar is. An elf bar is, is basically like an e-cigarette um, and they're different flavours. So I like peach, um, pineapple, mango. And um, I've done it because obviously I want to stop smoking. I hate the smell of smoke and... You know, it's, we all know how bad smoking is for you, you know. So mm. I've got these elf bars and I'm just addicted to them. Like I'm waking up in the morning and I'm I'm, I'm getting on it, you know. And um, I've been getting through like one a day. And I was like, let me just have a little Google, see how healthy these are. Apparently they're equivalent to like 40 fags. So listen, you've got to die <laughs> something, do you know what I mean? So maybe just, uh, maybe you should just limit when you use it. I, I mean, I can't do that. Don't bring it in the bedroom with you. Don't have it. Maybe just have it go out, go outside to use it at work. Yeah, I mean, because I'm not just. Yeah. Obviously, I, I'm blowing all the fumes in your face. Which is fine, you know. Yeah. I'm. A, I mean, you are being paid to be here, so I feel like this is, you know, this is part and parcel. I don't mind a bit of secondhand vape. Yeah, I say secondhand vape. I'm sure is fine. Yeah, it's not been around long enough, and it doesn't really know the long term health effects of these yeah. things. They could be worse for you than cigarettes, and they could. They uh, probably are. Wasn't there a thing uh, a while back when they first came out where they were saying people were getting popcorn lung? Do you hear that? Yeah. Oh. People were like tanning them so much that they were getting like little blisters on their lungs. Yeah, don't ruin it for me, mate. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. But, um, I mean, it's just one of them, you know, like I said, I don't, don't drink, don't do nothing like that no more. So this is my little you vice. need your vice. Yeah. And... Uh, Biscuits, you like a biscuit? I love you? a biscuit. There yeah, I took down a lot of biscuits. How do you know? I like, you just know I like biscuits. I just know you like biscuits. I like all sorts of biscuits. I'm a bit of a biscuit connoisseur, you know, I like bourbons, custard top, creams. Top, top three biscuits? Top three biscuits. Um, probably number one, custard cream. Mm. Number two, bourbons. And number three, you get them little foxes. They're like biscuit, like chocolate ones. The Viennese kind of yeah. fingers. Yeah. 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 That's, you that's tried great. giving it about your Italian biscuits last time, didn't you? You was like, we got some good biscuits. No, no, I was saying I don't, I don't really rate them. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. oh, I was going to say, I'm like, obviously, I think when it comes the... to food, like you're, you lot are better at like 100% Italian food is better than English food, but biscuits, I feel like we're, we're number one when it comes to biscuits. There are some really nice Italian biscuits, but they're, they use a lot of almond in it, and I'm not a massive fan. There's a lot of nuts, a lot of like, Mm. Like a lot of like icing and stuff like that on on the biscuit. There are some really nice ones. I, w- I would say that a lot of people might look down their nose at you for choosing a custard cream. Not me. I like custard cream, but I know it can be quite. a... Some people might think it's a bit basic. But I think that's the beauty of it. The be- simple. The beauty is in the simplicity of a of a custard cream. You mm. know, my granddad used to love custard creams. Who I was talking about in the last episode, and he used to break the custard cream and then just eat the. Is it custard in the middle? It's not really, is it? No. Like, I've never had custard, so I don't know. I don't You've know never what. had custard? No, I just don't think I'd like it. You're a bit of a fussy eater. Very fussy, yeah. I remember once I used to have a job in the city as a, as a shipping broker. And uh, I had to go to Geneva like on a business trip. And we went out with this like, 
French guy and I was with another Spanish guy and it was just like, and then I was there and it was just like, I'm so fucking out of my depth here. It was a joke. But anyway, we went to this little Geneva restaurant and um, before, I mean, they didn't warn me. We ordered the food. I'm like, great. Then they bring out this little starter of just like lettuce. And I'm there and obviously I'm trying to be professional and they put it in front of me and I didn't want to go because this guy was quite important. I didn't want to go, oh no, sorry, I'm all right, thanks. Because I thought then that would make me look like an idiot. So like I made myself eat about half of it and honestly, you could fucking see a tear. I was eating it, like forcing it down my, my mouth inside, just like fucking screaming. Like, And that's when I knew that job wasn't for me anymore. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. Now, where, where does that stem from? Let's dig a little deeper there. No, I think it's just because... I just like what I like. Do you know what I mean? Like my, my granddad was a very fussy eater. You know, he only really liked cheese sandwiches and stuff like this. Um, and I just like, I like stuff that's plain. Um, so what, you don't eat any vegetables? I don't eat any vegetables. No, I'll have some green peas or at a push, I might have some sweet corn, but that's just me. Like if I'm trying to eat really healthy, I might have a bit of sweet corn. But even then, it's just, a lot of it comes down to the texture and the smell. Like I'm very bad with like, smells like, just, just don't like it, you know. I feel like you need to see a therapist for this, like a like a CBT therapist. Or well, I just like think, that. you know, like I like what I like, you know. It's not good for you, though. <laughs> Is it not though? I don't think so. I think everyone says it's not good for you. I mean, but touch I, wood. I would say. I'm a bit I would say, look, so yeah, far. you're a healthy person generally, right? Yeah. But I just think it's maybe if you're just all you're eating is like carbs, and no, like, but I eat a lot of meats as well, you know. Right, but if you're eating like carbs and like processed meat or processed food and you're not really touching any vegetables that have like a lot of vitamins in them yeah maybe, maybe I what's, just, what's that doing maybe to I you long term maybe i should just um i could just go down to holland and barrett and just get some vitamin pills and that <laughs> i mean i won't but <laughs> i could do that let's say you came around my house for dinner right and i'm putting a spread on it's going to be italian food isn't it so you'll eat pasta. Hundred percent eat pasta. I love, I mean, my favorite my favorite food is Italian food. Right. So you'll eat I love pasta. carbonara. I love pizza. What about I mean, I've I've grilled some aubergines. Will you eat, will you eat those? Um, I don't really know what an aubergine is. In all honesty, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't know what an aubergine is. If you show me a picture, are you fucking serious? If you show me a picture, <laughs> don't mean to make a big deal of it. If you show me a picture, then I'll probably. <laughs> Don't need to make a big... This is shocking to me, though. Maybe as, as a... But I don't eat. I'm not someone that's in that, that sort of vegetable world. <laughs> so... Okay, so that's an... Aubergine. That's an... Oh, like the emoji for, yeah. the, for the willy. Yeah. I mean, it was a vegetable before it was an emoji. Yeah. If you said the emoji, the willy yeah, emoji. Yeah, the, the, often used as a, the, the, the large penis emoji. I mean, that... that uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's not, that's not. That's I mean, let me show me. you. What's that purple? Is that a dark purple? It's not a dark purple, yeah. Um, let me show you. What, what sort of, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what that would even taste like, but I can just tell I wouldn't like it. See that, how <laughs> can you tell that you wouldn't like it? I just, I just can. Cause yeah, a lot, you, I you think a lot is. of it, what comes down to is the smell and the texture of something. And I can, I can smell that, even though it's on the screen. What, what do you think it smells like? And I'll tell you how close you are. Um, I maybe think it smells a bit fruity. No. No, I wouldn't say it's too fruity, no. I don't, a... It doesn't look like it smells. I think if you had that, 
grilled with a bit of salt, pepper, garlic, olive oil, you would you would enjoy it. I think you've got a mental you see, barrier. See, some of my, some people always go, "I'm surprised that you like that." Like, I like mussels. I really like mussels. Right. Um, I, I like a prawn. You know, I like a prawn. Partial to a prawn. Um, so there are some things that sometimes I push like. I never thought I liked cheesecake. And I tried cheesecake about five years ago. I was always like, no, nah, cheesecake, no way. And now, like, that is my favourite dessert. I think that this but, yeah. is, I think that you've got some sort of um, infantilised, childlike kind of aversion to food that maybe you just didn't ever mature from. And I think that maybe you just need to see someone to get, to, to I mean, get a sword. I mean, I've done a lot of therapy over the years, if I'm honest. So you're probably you're probably right. I mean, I reckon I reckon we should one episode we'll get a food therapist on. Good idea. To uh, good idea. To, you know inter- to interview you, I'm sure we'll find one. We can find one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll maybe get you to try some different foods that that maybe you've not tried before. Listen, yeah. I always think I'd be terrible when I'm a celebrity because I'm like. I don't even eat vegetable and salad. I'm like fucking let alone a fucking kangaroo's quarry. Do you know what I mean? They take off the, the the dish and it's just a piece of cucumber, and you're like, no. I've got to say, cucumber's probably my you, worst nightmare. The, really? The smell of a cucumber, I just think it's fucking disgusting, what? and the look of it, like it there just, must be something. There's something not wired right in that brain of yours. It just for you to not like cucumbers like nice and fresh and it's nice for you. Yeah, it's but nice d- for you. But yeah, I mean, like, no, nah, mm, nah. the smell, any, of, the smell of cucumber makes me fucking sick. So sweet corn's the only vegetable you're eating. Green peas. Green peas is sweet corn. Okay. Yeah. Carrots. No, carrot, carrots is my worst nightmare as well. Yeah. Car- Onions is my worst nightmare. So you don't have it. So all right, what about if it's in stuff? So if I'm making like a pasta bake or something, I put I, onions I'll, in it. I would ask you to take the bits out. Take yeah. the onions out, but you wouldn't even be able to taste it. You, uh, I bet. But people say that, but then like you'd be eating it, and then you'd bite down on a bit of onion, and then that would set me off. And then I'd just leave. This is, I mean, as an Italian, this is this is sort of like heartbreaking to hear. Really, yeah, but no, to, but to I like all your to. good stuff, like the pizzas and stuff like that. It's all good. The aubergines are good. We'll I try went it. to Don't Franco worry. Manca the other day, right, right, and that was lovely. <laughs> With the oh, with the sourdough um, pizza, sourdough pizza yeah. with the chorizo. Yeah, it's all right. Lovely, really nice. I mean, yeah, just uh, what about tomatoes? Mm, absolutely not. No, I'm not a huge fan of tomatoes, which is a bit absolutely. Best, best Actually, do you know what's my worst nightmare? Is a gherkin. Oh, really? Yeah, that like just that just I think that's disgusting. The way they keep them in the in the in the tubs and they're floating about in all that fucking pissy <laughs> juice. And then someone puts that in their mouth. That is revolt. I just that just you don't, don't like a gherkin that baffles on a burger. me. If aliens come down and went, what is all that about? Bring it back to the last episode. I'd be like, I was, mate, I, I, mate, my kiss is as good as yours. You, you know what I mean? We've learned a lot about your uh, your dietary needs. So if anyone's sending any gifts to the show, you know, because you never know. Maybe further down the line, this gets a bit bigger. Sometimes, you know, fans of podcasts will send stuff. You know what he likes now. He likes Don't be sending cream. any fucking veg or whatever in the post because, yeah. If you do... No, we'll give it to charity. I was going to say, I'll probably take it. But yeah, yeah, we'll give it to charity. Yeah, we'll give it to charity. Yeah, I mean, so it's just custard creams and a tin of sweet corn. Yeah. I love my cereals. Cheerios, golden nuggets. 
You literally got the diet of a four-year-old, mate. Yeah, I don't. What? So what does it? What does your missus make? She, like she must just get so fed Look, up. We love pasta, to be honest. Yeah, we really like pasta. Does she make separate meals for you? Um, uh, if she wants to have something. No, she just yeah yeah like now and again. Yeah. So what is the sort of thing that she would eat that you wouldn't? Cucumber. Yeah, she'd have a bit. Of no, but I mean like a meal. Um. Just something like with salad in it and that, you know. Okay. Yeah. Fuck salad, man. Just don't know why you would. I just honestly baffles me. Don't know you, why. This is, this is baffling so many people. Well, right? It baffles but. me why people would eat salad. Just don't get it. Never will. Never never have. Never will. It's nice. It's actually nice. You get, it's if nice you, for you. You know how to dress a salad. It can mm. be nice. Ooh, like you get them cold fucking salads in like Tesco and I'm just like yeah but that's a Tesco so like nothing savage. in Tesco is good <laughs> Every all the Tesco food is like can bang, you bang admit though that them gherkins in the in the I like a jar. gherkin I yeah, like a gherkin on my burger just mm. pat it off with a bit of kitchen towel before it goes in mm. so it's not too wet oh man it's just making me sick can we change the subject <laughs> <laughs> right. This, I mean, this ties in nicely with what I wanted to ask you today. Have you ever thought that you might be a psychopath? Um, not a psychopath, no. Okay. No. Have you ever done a psychopath test? I'd love to do one. Are you in luck? We're doing one today. We're going to do one today. Listen, yeah. what I would say is, um, <clears throat> you know, it probably doesn't come as a surprise. Over the years, I've I've had. Many mental health issues. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been a psycho. I don't think you are. But no. you might. it might be... The test basically says whether there's a possibility that you could be. Okay, let's go. It will tell you, like, you're either full on, you're not at all, or there's a possibility. So I think that's kind of what we're looking for, if there is a chance. Mm. Uh, there's a riddle that they give to psychopaths to tell whether they're psychos or not, depending on what the answer is okay. they give. And there's a common answer that psychopaths always give okay. to this particular riddle. All right. All right. And after that, we'll do the test. Okay. So this isn't the main test, but this is this is just a... This is like a warm-up. Yeah. Uh, so it's a story about a girl, right? Yep. While at her own mother's funeral, she met a guy who she did not know. She thought this guy was amazing... So much so that uh, sh she believed him to be her dream man, right? right? She fell in love with him then and there at her mum's funeral, right? Yeah. A few days later, the girl killed her own sister. What is her motive for killing her sister? So her sister's husband? No. Um, what's the motive for killing her sister? Maybe, maybe like sisters trying it on with this bloke. Okay, so that's probably like the more common answer yeah. that people would give. Like, yeah. Uh, but what the answer a psychopath would give would be, she was hoping the guy would come to her sister's funeral. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's smart. So that's like how that's like a, a psychopath's mind kind of works sort of manipulative that's genius yeah that's genius quite clever it. that's clever yeah I'm going to ask you questions right yep and uh, you can give three possible answers not me this describes me somewhat 
Well, this is definitely me. Okay. Okay. So uh, most would describe me as charming and nonchalant. I can turn my charm on, on and off like a faucet. It's definitely me. I do what I want, when I want, the moment the impulse strikes me, <laughs> regardless of what others want. Oh, I wouldn't say that is definitely me, but what's the one below that? This describes me somewhat. This describes me somewhat. <laughs> if something goes wrong or turns out badly, it's not my fault. Mm, somewhat. <laughs> no, do you, do you know what? No, do you know what? I take that back. I, I... I always, I, I, no, that's that's not true. It's I, not, no, honestly, I, I always look at myself in the situation. I think, well, what? So you say I, it's not me. I'd say that's not me. No, okay. I would say when I was younger, um, but I think that might be a thing of youth. I'd be like, oh, that's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but I, I will always. I'm quite considerate in that sense that I will always think. Well, well what part of I play? Even if I think someone's done wrong. I think, well, what part have I played in this? You know, mate, because right. more often than not, it can come back to you. And uh, do you know what I mean? If someone's at the ump of you or whatever, it usually stems back to sort of what what you've projected on them. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm yeah. quite considerate in that way. Okay. So I would say, I would say that that's not me. Okay. Um, I think I know the answer to this next one. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble as an adult, not just a speeding or parking ticket. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's obviously, yes, definitely. Not. <laughs> Uh, but nothing, nothing bad. Nothing, yeah. Nothing bad. Drink driving. Just. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that bad. That's not that bad. You know that's not that bad. That's not that bad. In a fight. I don't know, you know, punched a guy. That's not that bad. He deserved it, that guy. He deserved it. But listen, that was my, oh, my hands up. Shouldn't have done those things. That was just me, early 20s, being an idiot. Right. Um, okay. And I'm I'm not that person anymore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I am the <laughs> I'm easily the best at what I do, bar none. Nobody could ever take my place. <laughs> I think you're better answering that one for me. <laughs> so it's your test. Um. So, some, somewhat me, somewhat so, me. Josh is fighting every urge to say this is definitely me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I'm the. I don't think no. I would say I would say in terms of up and coming stand up comedians on the circuit, I would say I'm one of a number of people that I think has got yeah that that has there or thereabouts maybe. So this is somewhat. Somewhat, yeah. I do what. Whatever I feel like doing, and I don't care what others think, or even if it's illegal. Um, no, that's that's definitely not me. I'm I'm always conscious about yeah about okay. what people think. Yeah. Every person for themselves. I don't see the point in feeling sorry for other people and have no desire to help others. It's not me at all. Okay. I always help helping people, and I'm quite compassionate. I've got into legal or criminal trouble when I was a teenager. Um. Uh, well, no, that's not me. When I've had those run-ins, that's been, that's been me in my early 20s. Right. I have no problem or concern in lying in order to get what I want. No, that's not me. Living the moment is what I say. The future will take care of itself and learning from your past is pointless. No, not, that's not me. All right. I never feel remorse, shame or guilt about something I've said or done. Not me at all. I always feel guilty and, and remorseful. All right, the results are in. 
I'm not a psycho. No psychopathy. No. Generally, you're the sort of person you think about things a lot. For me. Yeah. So I think I think it's hard to be a psychopath if you feel any guilt. You know, that's. Which I'm quite thoughtful. I say you're fairly thoughtful. Yeah. I like. I I think you know. I do, and I'm always worrying about how other people are feeling. Do you think there's a lot of psychopaths? In comedy. In comedy. Fucking 100%. Yeah. Because I think it's that ego thing, isn't it? You know? Because yeah. you need a little bit of an ego to, to, to think, yeah, I'm, I'm funny. You know what I mean? I can get up on stage and make people laugh. So, um, I mean, especially if you go on the open mic circuit, there's a lot of, there's a lot of psychos, um, as, as, as we both know. Yeah. I think because comedy is, you know, it's, it's a very self-involved art yeah. form isn't it yeah definitely yeah there's a lot of egos yeah there's a lot of egos yeah I think there's a lot of people with um, mental health problems you know 100% I mean I'm one of them I mean I'm not a psycho but like I'm fucking nuts mate yeah. to, to be honest I mean you know all about me so um, you know I've got there's definitely it's quite a few screw looses up there you know so I would say I'm one of them well let's say you've got someone maybe who's on the fringes of society a little mm. bit uh, they got some mental health issues and they decide to do stand-up. Do you think it would be a positive thing for them to sort of channel that energy into? Or do you think it would be it'd add to it because of, of, of the sort of nature of the beast? Depends how good they are at it. If they're shit, then it's only going to make them worse. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you've watched The Joker. <laughs> that that literally could be a geezer on the open mic circuit, you know? I remember there was this one bloke. Um, oh, I mentioned his name after. <laughs> He literally, and when I started, he'd been doing about six years and just only ever saw him crash and burn, you know, badly. I think he still does it now. But he would come off, he'd go, yeah. Like, literally die. People would be walking out like, fucking, what is this? He'd come off and he'd be like, yeah, good set tonight. I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, and I'm too nice. Like, I will tell people what they want to hear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'd just be like, yeah, 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 I like that bit when, um, like you said, hello to the audience. You know, that was that was really good. Like they really like you got a round of applause. Then you're like, you're alright. And they were like, hey, I was like, yeah, that was that was really good, mate. Yeah, just build on that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> build on that. Build on that. Go hello, how are you? Yeah, yeah. How we doing, people? Good. Hey. <laughs> Can I give you a tag? Yeah. Are we well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's interesting, isn't it? I see some comedians. I think you are deranged, yeah. But maybe you're better off being deranged around other deranged people <clears throat> than, you know, screaming on a tube or something. You know mm. what I mean? And, and then I see other people, and I'm like, this is not helping the problem. You know what? A lot have. of people. I've I've tried to help a lot of people get into stand up over the years. And listen, the way you've got to do it is you start up on an open mic circuit, and you've got to do a few years on there before you get the stagecraft, before you get good enough to then go and try and do five-minute spots in clubs, proper clubs, do you mm. know what I mean? And look, it is a bit of a weird world, but you've got to ride that, you know, and a lot of people, I've had a lot of people go, God, I can't hang around with all these weirdos, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but you sort of, I always embraced it. I'm mm. like, I've, I mean, they must have thought I was a weirdo, like, because yeah. I was like no one on the open mic circuit. I feel like, even on the comedy circuit now, the, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, oh, I feel a bit set apart, really, from the rest of them, mm. you know. But you've got to embrace that world. And 
it opens up new horizons for you. You got a obviously you get a bit got a bit of an ego to want to get up there and think you're funny enough to think right. No, but I'm going to be able to make people laugh, you know, because I'm funny. But then you've got to knock down that ego because obviously the places that you're doing the comedy, the people you're surrounded by, it's very humbling because it's it's not you know it's it, it's it is in the the back of a pub where no one's listening or you know it's in a weird room where everyone's a little bit weird. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you said, you got to have a bit of an ego. But that ego can get crushed on a regular basis when you're dying on your ass to a room full of people. You know but that's I mean? why stand-up comedy's great. Start. It's made me more resilient because like now, I went through years, you know, the first few years of just like going up there dying, like no one laughing, all this and that. You know, and it just makes you realise, well, actually, humble me, you know, mm. makes you realise, well, I'm actually, I'm not that great. But, you know, I'm going to carry on doing this because I love it, you know. And then, then you get better. I mean, I feel like now I'm getting to a point in my stand-up where... I'm probably quieter off stage now and in everyday life than I used to be because I feel like, oh, I'm sort of saving my real self for the stage. You know what I mean? And I almost feel there's stuff I say on stage and to people that I have so much more confidence saying it to them on stage than I do in real life. Do you know what I mean? So. Well, I saw you when we, we uh, did Top Secret, Josh James and Friends, a few weeks yep. ago. and uh, Top Secret Comedy Club. Top Secret Comedy Club yep. in, in Covent Garden. And um, I hadn't seen you maybe MC for a while. Mm. And I noticed there was a real uh, just sort of fluidity. You were just so comfortable up there. Mm. You seem exactly like yourself on stage. Yeah, you know? that's nice. And uh, yeah, it was it was a joy to watch. I mean, the MC and obviously the hosting where you're just talking to the which I do a lot of now. You know, you go through, you do your set, you get your five minutes together, then you get your ten minutes together, then you try and get your twenty minutes together, and then but you're very sort of like binded into that set. What's good about doing the hosting and doing the MC in? is you're going up there and you're like, I'm not going to do any jokes. Mm. I'm just going to talk to the audience. I'm going to riff off that. And that gives you... And once you get good at that, that gives you so much more confidence. Yeah, it was a good show the other week. It's a great show. You've done really well. You're fantastic. Thank you. Really good. Um, all the acts were great, to, yeah, to I be heard. honest. I was, I was... Did you see <clears throat> Laura? I saw like the first two minutes of her set. I had to shoot off because oh, I had to go to a wedding. But mate, Very, very she good. Mustard, didn't she? She is unreal. That's Laura Smith. For Laura the, Smith. For the audience Good at friend home. of ours. She's, yep. she's very funny. But every, every, everyone was great. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Fiona, great. Bimmy, Will, you. It's one of the best rooms, I think, in the country for, for comedy. Obviously, they've got the bigger room downstairs, but mm. that upstairs room, it's just so packed in. You know what I mean? The no noise getting out and um, you're right there with them. You know, it's very intimate, which is, which is great for stand-up. Would you say it's your favourite club in London? Um, I would have to say Up the Creek is my favourite club in London. You're legally obliged. I'm legally obliged <laughs> as they represent me. Um, so yeah, Other, Up the Creek. Other, Other Creek's a brilliant club. Up the Creek's a brilliant club. <clears throat> top secret, I think, that top room, it's hard to beat that atmosphere in there. Yeah. But I love Backyard Comedy Club in Bethnal Green. I mean, they were the first club to give me an opportunity of a weekend. And the Comedy Store, obviously, in Leicester Square, it's you know what I mean? It's... It's historic, you know, and it's, uh, what's the word, prestigious, you know. You you host a few gong shows now uh, up the yeah, creek. Yeah, do the blackout. How, how's that? It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. You get off to see. So the blackout, for people that don't know, up the creek's on a Thursday. And it's a lot of new acts go up there. Basically, if you're not doing spots out up the creek, you go there. You've got to try and get through five minutes of comedy. The first two minutes, you can do your thing. But after that, the lights go down and then they pop back up again and then you've got to get from two to three minutes without this three cards in the audience without them 
saying you shit basically mm-hmm. um and it's interesting because you get different levels of you know people that have been doing it a few years that are quite good then people that are brand new or obviously not that good um you get a lot of people uh, who naively do it as one of their first gigs look i think a lot of people think stand-up's going to be easier than what it is mm. do you know what i mean they think they don't really understand the idea of setting up a premise you know and then having a punchline you know they don't really get these sort of formulas how you sort of write a joke or whatever you know it's, it's an eye-opener i think for for a lot of newer acts to sort of see where they're at but they're also really good these gong shows you know as much as it's hard you know because when i started out i've done gong shows I didn't get through the five minutes the comedy store is a prime example of when you know one of my most horrific gigs was this geezer sort of like i wasn't making anyone laugh a geezer like said oh when are you gonna start telling some jokes and then i just went off on one and i went oh, how about you come up here and tell some fucking jokes blah, blah blah and that won the crowd on side and i sort of done him and the bloke didn't like it started walking up to the stage and i'm thinking to myself if he gets any closer i'm gonna have to chin him <laughs> that's what i'm thinking i'm not i'm not really a fighter but if someone's coming towards me in like an aggressive way i think to myself do you think he was coming up to he might have come up to listen. To, he might have been coming up to try and tell some jokes. Whereas, <laughs> but either way, he was gonna get fucking one on the jaw, you know. Um, but anyway, luckily they thought was happening. Got gong me off, and I, I come off stage, and it was really like on the way home. I was really like because I really cared about doing stand up comedy. I know I really wanted to do it, and I was thinking, cool, I was about to hit a guy on the biggest comedy club, the biggest comedy club in London. That could have set me back ages, you know. Yeah. Could have been my Will Smith moment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, but I learned from that. I'm like, right, okay, this is an eye opener. Where am I really at? And then I started studying it more. I started, do you know what I mean? Doing more gigs. It, whenever I got gonged off at one of them gong shows, some people are like, oh, this ain't for me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. For me, it only made me think, no, actually, I know I'm going to get good at this. And that, and I, when I remember when I won the gong show at the comedy store, I didn't even feel, I didn't really feel happy. I went like, ah, oh, yeah, I've done it. I was just like, I was like, yeah, like I knew that was going to eventually happen because of how hard I was working. Mm. You know, not in an arrogant way. It almost, I wasn't like, yes, because it wasn't a surprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, I, I know I'm going to get through the five minutes just whether like, I really um, do the best on the night. They do serve a purpose, the gong shows, and I do think they make you better. You know, I think a lot of people will slag them off. A lot of comedians especially go, well, what's the point? I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not, you know, Listen, you don't achieve. slag them off if you can get through them exactly, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. You know, you people go, oh, gong shows this that. I don't know anyone slags them off that can get through five minutes. And at the end of the day, if you want to do twenty minutes, if you want to do twenty minutes in a in a proper comedy club, you've got to be able to get through a five with a bit of a hostile audience. Yeah. I remember always thinking, ah, oh, you know, people blow us a rubbish audience. No, you can make any audience laugh. Mm. You just gotta have the right tools and skills. You know, I remember seeing this once. I was doing a gig in Southwest London, I think, and there was only about eight people in the audience. Everyone was going up there, just getting nothing. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, there's eight people in the audience. This is that. This, this is that. It's not set up properly. It's all this. Look, all those things help. The acoustics of the room, the proper setup, that all helps. But at the core of it, you can make any crowd laugh because I remember Tom Ward got up there. Mm. Amazing comedian, Tom Ward. Yep. Didn't do material because that ain't going to work with nah. these people. He just riffed for about 10 minutes. 
He walked in the kitchen. He started talking to the chef in the kitchen. It was hilarious, mate. And I was just like, oh, okay. He snapped me out of that thinking. You can make any crowd yeah. laugh. It always comes down to you, you know? No such thing as... No such thing as a bad crowd. Bad crowd. That ties us up nicely to the end of the episode. Uh, Lovely. Do you want to tell, anything you want to tell our crowd? Just, you know, um, keep on sharing this podcast. Tell your mates, tell your friends, tell your family. And also, if you can do me a favour, if you're on Instagram, you can share the Spotify, what you're listening to. You can share it to your story so you can see people that are... Um, so people can see that you're listening to it you'll probably see the cover it's all like Essex icons it's me surrounded by all different Essex icons which I think is pretty cool please rate as well on the stars um, on Spotify on iTunes give us a review and let's get it out there come on subscribe as well subscribe yeah that's the main one to do and follow Josh at Josh Jamesy on Instagram Josh James Comedy on Facebook Josh Jamesy on YouTube and follow Salvatore Picconi at Sam Picconi yeah <laughs> And like I said, any negative reviews, just leave them on his Instagram. Yeah. Um, All right. See you next time. See you next time.